Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for the Cleaning and Cocktails podcast. This is where I get the opportunity to speak with fellow cleaning business owners, small, medium, and large. We take the time to let them share their stories on the ups and downs in the industry. I also speak with other experts and professionals in the industry, from your manufacturers, your suppliers, trainers, as well as other types of entrepreneurs. My mission is to empower our cleaning industry to inspire and motivate each and every one of you. I want you guys to reach new heights of success and learn from one another. My goal is to have you walk away with some tips, secrets, advice, and opinions that are relevant to all of us in our day-to-day hustle and grind while we're out there in the field working every single day. So sit back and share a cocktail with us and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome everybody. Another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. We are now on season two, believe it or not. And I am I am super excited to have a guest on here that I have, I have known for a few years now and growing to learn even more. This is Todd Hopkins, everybody. You're going to get a chance to just, I mean, this guy's got so much, so much experience and so much history in the commercial cleaning industry. So again, you guys know what the show's about. The, the guest every time sharing their story, sharing their experiences, giving value to you guys as a commercial cleaning industry. Um, so without further ado, Todd Hopkins, my man, thank you for joining me, but really quick, you guys, I know it's cleaning and cocktails, but we are cleaning and coffee this morning because we are yeah. shooting we are shooting this at 10 a.m not to say you <laughs> not to say you can't drink at 10 a.m but we got to be you know we got to be respectable business people here todd it's it's there's, there's more work to do right yes yes so all right. all right todd i mean i always start off with just how did you get into the cleaning industry because nobody in my other than if it's a second third generation business nobody plans I'm getting in this space. So, you know, give us, give us the beginnings. Well, Hey, Ricky, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, man. And that's all, it's been fun to see what you're doing, what you're building. Um, it's such a young age. So it's, it's great to see all the, the super sharp people. And of course our industry is full of people, even like yourself who are out there, you know, making things happen. And so I appreciate all you're doing. And, but I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I never planned to be in the cleaning industry myself. I mean, I remember um, when I was telling my mom and dad that I was starting a cleaning, but my mom like couldn't believe it. she's like, well, you never cleaned your room. I mean, how, how could you start a cleaning business? Uh, uh, but I did. And I tell you, it's a great industry. But the way I stumbled across it was I was in my uh, MBA program at Butler University in Indianapolis. And I knew I was going to start a business. I was going through, we had a visiting professor from Harvard who was teaching an entrepreneurship class. And I was going through this class and I was in a small group with this lady who had a janitorial business. And she had all kinds of issues and problems. She she didn't have the right partner. It ended up kind of falling apart right there while we, you know, during this time we had this, this small group. But I kept thinking, this sounds like a good industry as I would hear her talk about it. And, and, and I would think about how I would do it differently. And I believe I could build something and I really didn't have any money. So I felt like it would be a low entry type situation that would reward me for hard work. And so uh, for my last class in that MBA program, I did an independent research project on how to franchise in the janitorial industry. 
because I wanted to get into franchising. I wanted to help people start businesses. I love coaching and that sort of thing. So uh, I went to the uh, professor and I said, hey, can I get this project approved? And they approved it. And I got three class credits for doing my business plan. And wow. I interviewed, and Ricky, I, this is something that, that uh, you probably haven't heard, but I, as a college student, technically graduate student, I interviewed people who own cleaning businesses. And I remember going over, interviewing a guy in Cincinnati named Mr. Dale Euler, who was a member of BFCAI. Oh. And I, I remember, because I, I would ask him all the same question, knowing what you know now, if you could start over, how would you create the perfect cleaning company? And, uh, and he handed me a magazine. He said, here, I would join this organization. That was BSCAI. So I, I joined that early and, um, and I started learning about the cleaning business and franchising. And that's how I got started. That was 1992. Uh, wow. So it's been so see, I, 29 years. That I mean, again, this is why I love doing this because assumptions, right? I, I knew, I thought I knew how you got into the business, right? Where it's like, so you're literally from graduate school. You, you got to ask the right questions, learn, work on your business plan, basically. Like, you know, think of people are working on their business plan when they're between jobs. They don't know what they want. Like you, you actually got credit for it. And what yeah. amazes me is so then, cause we could jump right. In, I mean, you guys, Todd is the president of the BSCAI. He is the owner and founder of Office Pride. I did not plug that before. I apologize. But before we get into BSCAI, right? Office Pride. I did see so I did not realize that you right off the bat you knew you were gonna franchise. So it's not that you had oh. you were gonna build a cleaning company. You knew you wanted a franchise. That's right. That's oh. right. I I wanted, I I'm I love the concept of franchising, helping people start businesses, having turnkey models, systems, processes, my, everything I do, I, I try to find a way or process or system. So I don't always have to do it again. And, and I think that creates foundation for learning because you can continue to learn on top of what you already know or what you already have. But uh, I wanted to franchise from the beginning. It's in, I still have my original business plan that was uh, my college research paper. Hey, Ricky, you're going to like this. I got an A on it. So, you know, Fed, uh, Fred Smith started FedEx. I went to Memphis State for okay. my undergrad. For undergrad? Fred, Fred Smith was, uh, you know, uh, he went to Memphis State. His FedEx was started from his college research. Come paper. on. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know and, that. And, oh, yeah. And he got a C on his. So I, I tell oh, people, there, I there said, you go. Fred Smith got a C on his. I got an A on mine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that, and by the way, uh, with Memphis, they're they're backing you know Federal Express, Holiday Inn. These were the big companies. They're they're a big hub for the logistics, right? But it's, it's where at it was Memphis. all it's where it's all started. Where it was all founded. I mean, uh, when I was even at Memphis, there would be eleven thousand students that would go over part time at night and sort packages for FedEx. That's the way it used. To, everything used to go through Memphis. Okay, but they every class I took. They, they had customer service built into it. I mean, so when I graduated and then even as a, as an MBA, everything was customer service focused. It was perfect to get in the service business. And I've tried to bring in, you know, good research, education, a spirit of learning to, to growing office pride, you know, to where it is today. 
Okay. And you know what? And and I I want to continue with a little bit more on franchising because you know, like we we were talking about right before we jumped on. Uh, franchises get a bad rap, right? So you you touched on something that I like is the customer service aspect. So as you're as you started or as you guys are today, does customer service for you not only mean to the franchisee, because in, in the franchiser model, the franchisee is your customer, right? Or yeah. as in a way, but then you've got the customers of the franchisee. So how right. to, so does customer service mean for both of those channels then for you guys? Well, it's interesting. So our model, all the customers belong to the franchisees. We teach, when somebody becomes a franchise, we teach them how to go get their customers. So, and we teach, like we teach them, we don't just give them fish, we teach them how to fish, right? Mm -hmm. And how to build that business. So we look for a business builder, somebody who's really going to grow something uh, significant. So we don't have thousands of franchises. We have 140 franchises around the country who are business builders and they're happy. And, you know, these guys uh, are, are, they vary in size, but, you know, some of them have hundreds of employees, right? So um, we're teaching them customer service on how to deliver customer service to their customers, right? And the customer service mindset and all that, because we, as you know, we take good care of our customers. Life is just a whole lot better for yeah, us. Easy. Now mm -hmm. for our franchisees, yes, they are our customers. And, and we're pouring into our franchisees as business owners. And, and as you know, it, you can have the best systems and the, everything, uh, use the best products, the best equipment. But if you don't have the right mindset, you're mm -hmm. not going to get through the day. I mean, you know, it's going to be it's going to be rough. So we really teach this good business owner mindset and the things that in my experience have helped me stay focused on the positive, stay, you know, have an attitude of gratitude, which of course was critical this past year during COVID and to be able to learn from mistakes, not dwell on them. And all these little things that add up to helping you become successful. Right. And, yep. uh, and so we know if we help our franchisees become successful, we'll be successful. They know if they do a good, good job serving their customers, their customers will take care of them. And we saw that in spades, in 2020 with COVID as more than ever before our franchisees and their customers became partners. Oh yeah. You know, they had a common enemy and that was coronavirus. So let's, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. The partnership part, I couldn't believe where we now as cleaning business owners, whether you're the owner or, you know, operations or H whatever position you were, I saw within my business too is, the client was way more open to communicating. They wanted to know about products. Like, not that they didn't care before about us, but man, we like, I mean, we're the perfect example here, Todd, is uh, we have a big healthcare client. My whole team right now, as of uh, Monday morning, we were given the go ahead to go send our entire company to all the clinics for vaccines, right? Because we got, the, we got the partnership with them. They know you know, they care about us. They're like, you guys are servicing our clinics every day. Please send this email out to everybody, sign up, go get all your entire team, office or field vaccinated. I'm of course up to them if they want to do it. But again, that felt good, right? Like they not, they didn't have to do that, but they felt that close with us now because of this, this yeah. 2020. 
Well, certainly, uh, I mean, the word essential gets over overused, but it's 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 appropriate. I mean, the, we are a big part of the solution, uh, more important than we've ever been. Uh, there's more pride in the industry probably than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, customers want to see us. Their employees want to see us. It builds confidence in the workforce. Uh, so we're a big part of our customer's success story right now. And they need us. So um, I think it's great. And I, I love seeing what's happened with the contractors and their employees, the cleaners, and then all of those people and the customers. I mean, so in that regard, um, I'm not sure the cleaning industry will ever go back to where it was. Yeah. I think we're always going to be marching hand in hand as part of a a solution and a better work environment for our, for our customers. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't agree more that. Yeah. Uh, that that's the recap for me on 2020 is it's, it, I, I guess we're going to find, we have the vaccine, things are going to, you know, get better, but it's the, it could happen again, or now we have to be better prepared. You know, like the day I, I keep saying the days of the spray and wipe are gone and, you know, people are going to care about our time commitment now to their spaces. So yeah, yeah. And then I think just uh, uh, there was high demand for cleaning companies who were capable and could respond in 2020. So I, I would just, you know, everybody who's listening, I think it's going to be important to know that, hey, you, you, you're probably going to want to step up the communication even more in 2021 as things start to settle, as the supply now meets the demand or even exceeds the demand. You're going to want to demonstrate your value to make sure that that relationship doesn't get dropped. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we, we want to not take anything for granted, uh, do a good job serving that customer and communicating, yep. uh, building those relationships and then go out and get more. Yep. And then, so Todd, let's talk about, cause I, I like the perspective you could bring on this is so a lot of the audience and a lot, a lot of the listeners are small size uh, firms getting, you know, up to medium size or even just, you know, family owned mom and pop, husband and wife, cousin, brothers, small. Um, yeah. The way you got, you're describing how the franchise model works for you guys. Like I always try to tell this to people that come to me and say, Rick, uh, you know, again, you know, franchises get a bad rap, but they, they want the help. They want support. They feel lonely. They don't, you know, they, I'll, I'll give them as much help as I can give them. I'll give, I'll send them the resources that they could have, but touch on, you know, how, how office, like, especially now 2020 COVID, how did office pride and how will, would an organization like office pride uh, offer to support, you know, coaching, mentoring, training to somebody who's got the ambition, the grit and the determination to want to build a business. What is it that office pride does well to build, help build people's businesses? Cause that's what we're in this for. We're in to learn, employ and grow our company, right. our companies. Right. So, well, when somebody becomes an Office Pride franchise, they get immediate access to everything that that we have, because we have a, a what we call the vine where they stay connected. And there is a full training center of uh, the, the chat rooms, uh, all the things that you would hope for if you were now you they still own 100 percent of their business. But now they're they're tied into community and they get to use our brand, which 29 years very, very strong, reputable brand. And they get to go, they get to participate. Now they have brand equity from day one. 
And now they're going out and, and selling their service. Uh, we're like a breath of fresh air when we enter a new market. And so they got all this training. There's classroom training. There's archived uh, training. And then they, they get a coach. They're assigned to a coach. And that coach walks them through. So, for example, we have a franchise new class graduating today in classroom training. And then the coach will going to walk them through. They'll probably talk every day for the first 30 days. And they're talking every few days. But eventually there's a once a week coaching call or once a month. There's once a month uh, where they're matched up with a, what we call a mastermind vision group, where they're combined, they've matched up with five or six other franchisees. They're kind of going on that same journey with them. As they grow or uh, some get bigger than others, they get put into different groups. Uh, so to learn from those experiences is huge. And we believe in education. We believe you never stop learning. The marketing is there. So we have people behind the scenes like that work on all the marketing, all the uh, the paper clicks, the advertising, the and that, designs. And Todd, that's there. so everybody who's listening, you know, I want people to hear that because the things you're talking about, the ongoing training, the continuing education, the marketing, these are pain points for a lot of people when I talk to them. And they're, again, no power to everybody trying to do it on their own. But there's no there. There's always another resource. I, that's that's what I'm trying to offer to everybody is the value of, please. I'm an entrepreneur. I've done this on my own. It can be done on your own. But just know, don't ever give up if you feel like you're you want to be in this space because it's a wonderful wonderful space. Lucrative. It's changed my life. It's, yeah. But if you run into a brick wall, there are other resources. There are other ways to stand back up. You know, or stand strong on your feet and. And get after it, right? I, that's what I'm trying. That's the point of why I wanted to bring you on too. Is I there's just so many of us out there that the people that want to give up don't give up, guys. Right? Here's an opportunity. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's there's too much opportunity to give up. Well, but if, but by yourself, it's tough. It is. It really is. Yeah. My first year, you go through times where you question it and you want to give up. And but I, I want to you know encourage everybody. Uh, a franchising, for example, it's not for everybody. Some people want to be independent. They just want to do their own thing. You know, they're not, they want to listen to anybody else. Those guys go for it. And yeah. then, uh, but there are some who they, they want the value of the brand and the systems and the faster start. And I always share with people, you can figure it out on your own over a course of time, three, four, five years, how many that takes, but what's the value, the opportunity cost of time. Mm -hmm. It's huge, right? Because there's compounding achievement from getting it right sooner. But we have had uh, Ricky um, conversions. So like, you know, there was a guy pulling his hair out, um, been in business five years, uh, probably, you know, kind of doing 20,000 a month, right? And, and uh, just great guy, but he never got to take, he's making plenty of money, never got to take a vacation, bunch of kids, uh, just he didn't have life balance and yeah. he, we subbed the job to him because he, uh, he was in a, a little area where we weren't and we needed somebody. And, and he got to see some of our franchisees been in business. Uh, you know, it was a different story for them. Well, this particular, uh, contractor who we had subbed some work to, or one of, actually one of our franchisees had picked up a bank chain and had subbed a couple of branches to his company. So he'd been in business five years, uh, burning the candle at both ends. Great, great guy, great family, lots of kids. And, and he just couldn't take a vacation. So 
uh, and he was making money. He wasn't unhappy with the amount of money he was making. He just could never spend it on anything fun. And so our first, you know, when he converted to Office Pride, our job was to coach him through how to create the structure, how to put a manager in place, all these kind of things that could help him build a business for the future that could get him what he really wanted. And once he got all those things, the business, not only did his life get better, but the business started to really grow even more. And so that's part of the value of franchising. A lot of people don't realize it's just that to have a team of people who can coach you and help you think through specific situations so that hopefully you're making the best decision the first time. Uh, and of course, we saw that a lot throughout last year in COVID too, as franchisees were faced with things they hadn't been faced with yeah. before. Yeah, that was a year of not knowing how to do it. So I could only imagine, and I know some of the Office Pride franchisees too, you know, that just knowing that you have a resource to go to and not just Google, right? Like, hey, how do we disinfect? How do we use this sprayer? What chemical should we, like, I got to believe they knew, and I love that you use the word vine. Like that's, that's an awesome way to look at, like, because it's, that's what you need, right? Because you're intertwined with the operations team that's always, I'm assuming looking out for the franchisees because the success that they do, this is how I look at it for myself, where we're not a franchise on the Rosalado side, but we have a lot of affiliate partners, right? I've told you before, like that's how I'm in 18 States is, you know, I, I subcontract work, um, but I look at it as an affiliate partnership. Sure. And we, we, we walk that gray line of, you know, coaching, guiding, mentoring, because if they succeed, our clients happy, we're happy. And we have a peace of mind because we're not out there, right? We're not with them every step of the way. So when I hear that about you guys too, it's like, you don't have to have thousands of franchisees. It's almost like if I were a small business owner trying to expand, but they didn't have all the tools, you know, it's like, well, why not? You know, they're, they're, I'm not going to get lost in the 30,000 franchisees. Cause I could see where that, where you could think that, but in this case, it's different. Well, and these guys have become the best of friends. I mean, they, they each own their business 100%. They're sharing ideas, best practices. And I mean, some of these guys vacation together. It's amazing the community that we have. But Ricky, you remember when March hit and all of a sudden COVID was happening and we're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. I mean, the NCAA tournament just got canceled. When that happened, I knew I knew that's it. This is serious. This is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what we did that day, I actually had a few franchisees in town. We were doing some value creation workshops, teaching people all kinds of things, how to value your business, how to increase the value. We were teaching our franchisees this and they were there on this day. And we decided let's have an impromptu town hall meeting with all the franchisees who can join us. Let's talk about what are they hearing? What are they seeing in their markets? Because there were some cities that had not been affected and others that had. And so we had 72 people on that town hall call that day sharing, here's what we're seeing. This is what we're hearing. Uh, we had uh, vendors who support us uh, telling us what they're seeing and hearing. So our franchisees were able to get out in front of it. We're able to get the electrostatic sprayers oh. early, all these things. Uh, so um, it's a great community. Uh, it's a big, awesome. huge family. Uh, we're, we're a faith-based guys, organization that makes us different. So you, know, our friends, yeah, you guys yeah. are faith-based. So that's a differentiator yep. in my opinion as well. 
our franchisees love that they're attracted to it. Um, so it's, it's a special community. And I mean, that's the key. When you look at a franchise model, think about who do you, you interested in being a part of and, and the, what kind of culture you have and what kind of culture does that brand have? And do they match? Because you, you want to make sure you, you pick a brand that you, you feel good about because you're going to be with them for a long time. You're going to be growing brand equity together. Yeah. So I want to shift the call to let's talk about BSCAI now. Right. And what the sure. funny thing is everybody too, is my first BSCAI, I think I was, I think I went in 2018 was my first show. And yeah, guess who I see is like freaking 50 green shirts, office pride office. So I was like, all right. So I got to, to know you guys right away at my first show, but for the listeners that don't know what BSCAI stands for, what the organization does, uh, you know, give you, you've been with them for so long now being the president too. I know, you know, if we could talk about 2020 being part of the BSCAI. What, what is it, Todd? Like explain it to, to everybody in the audience. Um, and, and why should they, why should they know about it? Right. Well, most industries have some sort of a trade association. So, we're the Building Service Contractors Association International. And so we have uh, BSCs, Building Service Contractors, mostly North America, Canada, US, uh, Mexico, mostly US, but, but it's international and there's, there's other countries that are involved. But we come together and then we have events and we have education sessions, there's resources. It's a place where, um, companies can go and, and meet others who are doing what they're doing. Uh, and I joined real early on, have built lifetime friends. I mean, some of the best friends I have in this world, I met through BSCAI. And uh, so we have events every year, three primary events each year. But now, of course, uh, with COVID, a lot of virtual events. Uh, we got a, a lot of good communication, a lot of good education. Um, one of the very special things we did early or not, well, earlier than anyone else is we created a COVID-19 disinfection and safety course, mm -hmm. which had been extremely popular so that our members would have something to use to train their employees uh, and build, you know, their confidence in knowing they're doing it the right way. So uh, it's, a, it's a great association. Uh, anybody who's listening, uh, you can go to bscai.org and, and learn about it. Um, there's entry-level membership fees, all of that a lot of information there on the site, including resources uh, to understand COVID-19 and fight against it. And then Todd, I mean, you guys, again, be, so I remember the first time I went, it was a little, uh, cause it, I went when it was in tandem with the ISSA show, right? So a little overwhelming, right? Like you get there, it's like, wow, this is, but you know what it did to me is that's what literally turned the green light on to say, this is a big industry. Like this is, this is big. Like there is an opportunity here. I'm going to just soak it in. And I still am very good friends. Was just texting him last night with one of the first people I met at one of the shows. It was Matthew T. Berry, right? So Matt, Matt, yeah. me and Matt, we're both young, right? Hungry, energetic, but he was the first guy I met. And look at today, like you just said, my, he's a good friend. We're on a group text message with other, you know, BSCs. Um, but it's just, it's not just for people that are established. Like this is, it's, yes, it, it costs a little bit of an investment to go, right? You're traveling, you got to stay at a hotel, but the events, man, if I, if you guys had one every month, I think I would go, right? Cause it's your, your peers. These are your people that 
you, you know, again, we're not where it's lonely out there when you're running this business. It's fun to talk shop with fellow cleaning business owners because you guys just we laugh. We all laugh about the same stuff because we've yep. been through it all. Well, like well, like you say, I mean, I, most people who go for the first time, a lot of people will join BSCA because they want the credibility. They want to put the logo. Ah, I never even put the logo on. I never. I haven't no. either. But but they they'll do that because they and that is a good thing. It adds credibility. Yes, but for the people who actually go and attend an event and meet others in the industry. And like you said, Ricky, see the big picture of what's possible. Those, if you, once you get engaged, you almost never leave. Oh, yeah. And, and it's uh, people come up to me. I had a guy who was doing, um, and like you said, there's some that are just starting. They've got three employees and then you'll have somebody show up who's, who's doing a hundred million a year in sales and saying, I can't believe I haven't attended these events. Where was I all this time? Yeah. I mean, that's the most common thing at every level. People will say, I cannot believe I haven't joined this sooner. I never knew what I was missing. I've been going through this industry by myself, and it didn't have to be that way. No, that's, I mean, if, if there was, you nailed it right there, because that, again, seeing everything that's possible, then, you know, we, we, we don't even have to get into it, but you guys, there's breakout session. There's think of a convention that has everything to do with you, right. With what your business is about. Um, that's what that offers you. Right. But it's like, I remember hearing, I think it was, who was it? Chase. I think it was Chase Carlson. Chase Carlson. Yeah. I was like, hold on. This guy built up, you know, first of all, it was, and I remember it specifically, he had a $5 million business. I think it's part of the, he's part of the family or he came into the family business and then he's talking about he's at 45 million. Now. Again, it's not all about revenue guys, right? But the possibility that it could get like that. Right? And, and he was, his presentation was amazing. I still have his PowerPoint because we implement some of those things where I would never have met him. I would never have known who he was. He's from, I think, DC or Baltimore. I'm like, right. that's the point there where I ping him whenever I need to. He gives me good advice because that's the point is we're all at different levels. It doesn't, but we got yeah. there somehow, some way. And that's what I just love is it's just like rinse and repeat. Oh, you want to scale? Go talk to somebody that's scaled, right? Why try to do it yourself? Right, right. Well, we, you, you, and to make this work, you have to have an abundance mentality, which I do. I mean, there's so many customers out there. There's plenty for everybody. The key is the people, the contractors that are in BSCAI, uh, they, they want to do it the right way. And, uh, and there's a lot of sharing, a lot of best practicing. I know Matthew, who you're talking about in Pennsylvania, uh, every, you know, uh, Chase, all these guys, and those are young guys, but there's old guys that have been in the industry for 40 or 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Go to one of these events and have a cup of coffee with them. Uh, it, it'll pay for the full trip. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's every time I go, I, I get my investment back just in sometimes it's a nugget. I didn't even learn in a session. I learned sitting at a table with somebody mm -hmm. and I, and I tell people go with your top three questions, go with three questions that you've already decided. If I get the answers to these, these three questions, it was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. And then start asking everybody those questions and you'll get some answers. That's a great point. That's and, and actually that, 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 that's a great, cause that's what I didn't do the first couple of times is I just went ham. I went, you know, I was like, Oh, listen here, watch this, get that, download this. But as I went like the previous year, 
last year, not last year, I mean the, the year before, yeah. I went with an agenda. I went with, I got to go to that booth. I got to talk to that guy. I got to talk to her. I got to talk to them. I, I had an agenda in my first day. I could have left after my first day because I, I got everything I needed after that first day. And yeah. again, it's not just about the conventions. You know, it's check out the website, guys. You know, go on there. Uh, you know, just talk to, the, talk to the membership team because there's more on the site that we're not talking about. Uh, like one thing's this town hall thing you guys are doing, Todd. Like, again, I've been to a couple, but it's just you, you jump in, absorb, listen. Again, you're talking to your fellow peers. The, the whole Everything about this to everybody who's listening is your colleagues. It's your peer-to-peer. I'm big on it. I don't know about anybody else. I just feel that is the best learning or teaching mechanism that I could offer to somebody is peer-to-peer. It really is. And those town halls, we, Ricky, uh, we, we uh, had an emergency town hall to give our members a chance to get together and talk about what was happening with COVID and right. Some cities were knee deep in it and others that hadn't hit yet. And, and um, kind of mirrored there what we were doing with our office pride franchisees, but we got these uh, contractors together of all sizes and the amount of sharing was unbelievable. And uh, those were not recorded. We wanted people to be able just to get on there and ask questions and, and not, not worry about, you know, um, asking a stupid question, ask a stupid question. The only, yeah. the only question that's not stupid is one you didn't ask. What you didn't ask. You really needed to know. Yeah. And, and the sharing was incredible. Ricky, we did 20 town halls in 2020. You know, we got to where we, we were doing them once a week and then every couple of weeks. And now we're kind of on a once a month schedule. And I think those will continue beyond COVID. Yeah, because the, the question started shifting to even best practices. Uh, I think it allowed our industry to step up our ability to interact and communicate even more. And especially new members could jump on there who never yeah. had attended an event. So um, it turned out to be a really good thing. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, we really benefited from that. Everybody gained by yeah. participating yeah. this year. So, Todd, let's do. Let's end the call here, which I hate always ending because it's like it's always got to come to an end, right? But let's end with what is a or a couple golden nuggets, you being in the space for so long, um, that you would offer to like, you know, think about it. There's 30,000 new cleaning business owners that enter the space. So what are just a couple tidbits that you, that if you knew when you were, you know, again, that's the same question you talked about before with your people in the, the graduate school program is what would you give to these new business owners? One or two nuggets. You're referring to maybe somebody who started a clean business in the last year, in the last year, so. especially during, during COVID, like what, what okay. would you say? So uh, my, I, I would say uh, don't make any excuses. Uh, right. Because everybody's first year is tough. I started in 1992. You started eight years ago. Uh, but everybody's first year is tough. So it, it would be easy for somebody who started a clean business in the last year to say, I picked the wrong year. It's COVID. I can't go out and, you know, knock on doors, uh, whatever. Right. So I, I would encourage you, first of all, don't make excuses to adjust. It's a great, great industry. Um, everybody's in the in a similar boat. So um, learn from your mistakes. Don't dwell on them. Uh, that was my problem. I beat myself up so much. 
I would say go back, learn from your mistakes, right? I mean, mistakes are lessons, but our responsibility is to be the one doing the learning uh, or we kind of wasted a mistake. So I would say learn from your mistakes, don't give up, uh, persevere, make the calls, um, have an attitude of gratitude, be thankful that you're getting to be in a, a, a business of your own and uh, it's in a great industry right now. Yeah. The cleaning industry is growing. So there are some industries, it doesn't matter what you do, the future it's, of that industry probably isn't too bright. Yep. Uh, the cleaning industry has a bright future. So I just want to encourage you, stay the course. That's what I would say. Don't I give like up. That. Follow like your that. passion. Right. Stay and surround yourself, surround yourself with positive thinkers who can encourage you which is one of the great things about an association like BSCAI, like yeah. Ricky, that's how you and I met. Mm-hmm. So you get to know others who are doing the same thing. You can encourage each other. Yep. That's it, man. Thank Todd. I appreciate it so much. Uh, everybody I'll have in the description, um, how, you know, cause I'm sure Todd, you know, you're, you, you are quick to respond to me. If anybody's got questions, you want to reach out Todd, Todd, you know, probably on LinkedIn is a good time, good place to reach out to you, or we could share other, other ways to talk to Todd, uh, bscai.org guys, check it out, do yourself a favor. Um, and then if you guys have any franchise questions, again, Office Pride, will have some information on that. But again, guys, we're here to be a resource to help empower the cleaning industry. Uh, again, today was cleaning and, and coffee, but yeah. not, this is cleaning and cocktails, guys. Another season coming at you. Uh, so many more episodes, so many more people that I just... I'm excited to bring to you guys. But again, Todd, thank you so much. Uh, And guys, until the next episode, see ya.